Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight's show is definitely a very intriguing show. But before we get anywhere with my planned pro- program, I have to mention a few announcements that came up. Some of them are very striking. Uh, the first one, you probably heard of it, is that there's a certain ham non-kosher from a pig, that has the OU on it. It seems that there's a hardwood smoked ham steak that's put out in Price Chopper, which is uh, bothersome to me, but that's what they put out, you know, because, because Price Chopper is owned by, or at least it was owned, I don't know if it still is, it was owned by the Galb family, and that uh, was a Jewish family, that's a Jewish family, and they are the first ones to do... Uh, kosher, fresh kosher meat in their stores. Price Chop has always been a leader in this entire area of servicing the kosher consumer. And here's a, well, it's obviously a, a, a you know a technical error, but the OU appeared on this PIX, P-I-C-S, that's a Price Chopper uh, uh, product. It was sold in the Price Chopper in Schenectady, or maybe that's where it just emanates from. But uh, it's pretty... Uh, clear that the OU doesn't certify ham. Um, but today's world is funny because uh, you have products that uh, call themselves A and they're not it. I mean, look at the uh, burgers, which we'll hopefully be discussing tonight also. The, you know, this burger and that burger, and it's not meat. So this thing is called ham. I'm sure there's somebody out there who could think this is not really ham. And this is really kosher. And then somebody else out there may not even know what the word means. Because I've, I've seen that again and again, where uh, a word is used and people don't know what it means. I say ham is very known by everybody. But we have a lot of people in this country that didn't come here, they were not born here, and uh, the word ham may not mean anything to them. Pig does, but maybe not the word ham. So it's, uh, it's an issue. In any event, uh, you won't see it probably, because it's probably removed from the shelves already. The other one... It's pretty dramatic, uh, which is a health issue. It seems that uh, a very wonderful uh, organiz- a company that's been in business for many years, uh, decades already. I'm not sure if it's four or more, but it couldn't be much more, but maybe four decades already. And this company is Banner Fish Smoked Fish in Brooklyn, and they, uh, they have a very major recall now because uh, the uh, Clisteria monocytogenes, or genes, whatever, how you pronounce it, which is an organism that got into there, just, there, it's very, Listeria is very often in uh, uh, cabbage, and, you know, I mean, it's in lettuce, uh, romaine lettuce has it very often, and it, it's a common problem, but they have a tremendous loss over here. I hope that they were going to be able to uh, surmount it, and it's not going to hurt their business. In any event, what's interesting to me, and that's and I'm mentioning it to you, of course, is a sakana. Um, you shouldn't use it if you have the product, and you uh, should wait until not. What I per- personally plan to do, believe there is that as soon as this announcement comes out that the thing is clean, I'm going to make sure to buy something, believe there, because I I uh, hold very much from the company. They're beautiful, two beautiful gentlemen who run the company, Banner. And uh, it would be a shame if they have a tremendous loss based upon this. In any event, what's interesting in, the, in this case is the company makes 84 different products. 84 different products. Everyone thinks smoked fish is, oh, I smoke salmon, smoke whitefish, and that's the end of it. No, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of things. Well, of course, we're only talking about smoked fish. Only coming from the company called Banner, but they make 84 varieties. Okay, so, you know, you look very well. The only thing, and by the way, listen to this. They're involved in, I mean, dozens of states. New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Pennsylvania, California, Florida, uh, Arizona, Massachusetts, Maryland, Virginia, North, uh, North Virginia, Oregon, Wisconsin, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, and another one. So... Altogether, it's states and states and states. 84 products. Okay, so that sounds, but it's banner. But that's what you think. 
there are 16 companies that Banner makes for. Uh, not all of them, they make 84 varieties, but they have varieties coming out in different brand names, different company names, because it's what we call private label. I have here 16 or 15 names. I have Bingo, very popular store, Bingo. I have, of course, Banner, West Side Market, Benzies, Marshalls, Pomegranate in Brooklyn, Tooth Tom, Golden Taste, New York Steelhead, Raskins, the famous fish company, Flom's, famous fish company, Fishing Line, Lakewood, New Jersey, Noon Hour, Hammerus, and there's a, uh, one called Irish Cured, and there's another one I just saw, it's a trout, plant number 79984. But the point is, there's many, 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 many products. If you take this now, I'm not saying it's 84 for each one of them, but we're probably talking about a good few hundred product, SKU, is that, uh, product names, names and companies, a few hundred with this one recall. Affects the Orthodox Jew tremendously. Smoke fish right now, be very careful. Make sure you're getting it from a company that was not mentioned here. And uh, if, if, if you, it was one of these companies, again, it's only a short-lived problem. I don't even know when this is going to air. I'm saying it right now. It's, uh, it's Parshish uh, 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 it's Parshish Kairach. And if it would get aired properly uh, uh, after Shabbos. So, and that's what it is right now. And, but uh, only avoid it for a short period of time. I'm pretty sure there'll be a, an announcement coming out shortly that the issue is, is, is finished, and we can go back to buying it, and I hope we all do, buy all those different products. You don't have to buy all 84, and from all the companies, and hundreds of products, but just buy something and show that we didn't forget them. Okay. The, product, the topic tonight is two particular issues. I don't know if I'll get to others. And these two, very interesting. I had two people come to me almost within a day of each other. It's, it always seems to work that way. And one gave me a very logical um, issue that definitely you could think about getting involved. And he asked me to get involved. And I gave him some suggestions, and I told him I would help him if he did X, Y, and Z. And we'll see how what happens with that. And I'm going to come back to that afterwards. But then I got a, a contact with an email from a gentleman. And uh, he's not on this part of the country. He's in the West Coast. And he contacted me with a very frightening concern. And I, I want to share it with you, even though I'm going to tell you one time, two times, maybe three or four times, I'm going to tell you, I don't believe a word of what I'm saying. In other words, I'm telling you what he told me and what he showed me, and I don't believe a word of what I'm saying. That's very important. Because, you know, if you remember, there was this famous story. To us, it's only a story because we're so young. But there was a problem with the War of the Worlds. Because somebody was reading something which was very exciting about a war between uh, uh, interplanetary war, you know, people coming UFOs and they're coming to this country. It's called the War of the Worlds. And, and they were sitting there on the, on the, on the microphone in, a, in the radio when radio was really its heyday. And there was no television, there was no uh, internet. And it was, it was radio. And some people tuned in late and didn't realize that it was just a presentation. It wasn't real. And they got very worried. They, they, they did crazy things. It's a scary story about the War of the Worlds and uh, of, of, of what happened at that particular um, radio presentation. So I, I'm not afraid of anybody hurting anybody or going crazy here, but I am, I am concerned that people might think, I think what I'm saying. And I'm therefore I'm saying clearly in the beginning and a few times I'll say it, that this is not what I believe at all. This gentleman contacted me, and he put me in touch with a particular video. And the video, I didn't realize what the video was all about. And he showed me that he had sent an email to two conscious organizations, 
Uh, I can say them because it's just the whole thing is so bizarre. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, one is with the, the the OU certifies Impossible Burger, and the uh, OK certifies um, Beyond uh, Meat. Sometimes it's called Beyond Burger. It depends on what you're buying. So Beyond Meat. Um, these are plant-based uh, meat. Non, they're not really meat. It's uh, it's in place of meat. It's uh, fake meat, which has been around for a million years. When I was a kid growing up, they had this stuff. Worthington Farms, and uh, from the, we had the OK on it, and, uh, and now there's a place called Light Life, which is really originally was Tempa, uh, Tempa Foods, became Light Life, and they were also big makers of these kind of uh, plant-based burgers and plant-based meat products and chicken and all that. It's all fake. And it's all from plants. And very popular thing, people want to have something that tastes, looks like meat and chicken, which they don't eat anymore. And they want to have something that tastes, looks like it. And this is and also good for the world and for their body and whatever. Okay, fine. So that's what uh, exists. So this gentleman saw this video and he went berserk. And we're going to see why, why he went berserk. And then he went ahead and he contacted the conscious organizations and he said, you're being duped. This is not kosher. Their hashkachas are not kosher. The OU, the OK. And if he had a few more, he would have done a few more. And he coming to me with all the information, because it calls it information, data, whatever he thinks he has, and he dumped it in my lap. I should take care of the whole problem. Of course, I can't take care of the whole problem. And there's no problem. So I don't know what to take care of. But what happened was, there's a woman, and she has a name that's worth knowing, because if you ever hear anything from her, you should know who she is. Her name is Janet, and I hope I pronounce it right, Osebard, O-S-S-E-B-A-A-R-D, two, A, two S's and two A's. She's a Dutch conspiracy theorist. That's the word that's used for her. Dutch, because that's where she comes from. Uh, uh, conspiracy theorist. She has theories about conspiracies. You're already getting the drift of what's happening here? She has theories about conspiracies. That's what she's called, a conspiracy theorist. There are other names that are used for her, uh, for her work. Um, um, uh, alien phenomena, crop circle research. There's this other uh, phrases they attach to her her work, most of it is these videos. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're documentaries, and a lot of time and effort goes into them. Uh, but all of the information is just surmised. It's, uh, you know, uh, the way I like to describe it is the following. You may agree, you may not agree with my analysis, but this is the way I look at it. Uh, is two and two four? Absolutely. Two and two is four, just like you know, my name is Rabbi Wickler. It's two and two is four. But do you have two and two in front of you? Or, or do you have two in front of you and you're taking one from the left and putting it with your two and taking one from the right and putting it with your two and now you say, I have four. It's true that there are four things here, but are they really together? Because you took one from the left and one from the right, and you had two here. So maybe you don't really have four. Maybe you only have two. You grab two more. It's not like you have four. Now sitting here, you have four. But how did you get that? You grab one here and you grab one there. That's what a theorist often does. Take something from here, something from there. Now we have a bouquet. And it says X or Y, and that's what I believe in. But it, it, is it based on anything? So this woman asks the following question. Now remember, you have to remember that she is, has very strong opinions. Uh, but let me give you a little bit of background on her. Uh, this woman has uh, a history. It seems that she has done a series, a long series. I'm not going to discuss even the names of it. To me, this it's probably one step away from a Vodazara, or maybe it is a Vodazara. I'm certainly not going to go into that direction. But it seems that there's a whole movement based upon her. And they created 
a sort of church movement, in sort of, which is uh, based upon these wild conspiracy theories. They tie into it, Trump. Uh, I don't even understand what it's, what it's all about. And it's all about the fall of cabal, whatever that means. And the people who uh, follow it, they believe in the thing called Quanon, Q-Anon, Q-A-N-O-N. What it means, I don't even know. I don't know, and I don't want to know, and I, I don't think anybody should look into it. Don't, don't research it. But, because it may get into a Bodhisattva or some other uh, uh, inappropriate kind of thought for, uh, for, for from Jew. But whatever it is, it seems that she has spurred this, this movement, and, 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 and there's probably millions of people who are followers and who are in this movement. And she did this, this show talking about Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat, or Beyond Burger. And what she talks about is how they claim to be plant-based and that all there is there are things that grow in plants. And she theorizes that there's real blood there. She theorizes that there's something that comes from a human being in there. She theorizes. I'm not going to go into the details because it's just too wild and we don't belong there. But here we have a very interesting situation. We have this woman who has a tremendous audience and makes a wonderful presentation and she builds it up and builds it up and builds it up until you think, well, maybe, maybe. So, uh, so what's her theory? Her theory is very simple. I'm going to simplify it. I want to spend all, all the time talking about her Mishigasim. Her theory is that what do they use in Beyond Burger, Beyond Meat? They're using beet juice. That's what they're using to make it like blood. And she laughs and says, beet juice? Anybody could have thought of beet juice. Why is it that it only came out the last couple of years? Beet juice? This can't be real. It doesn't re and does it really work? It doesn't really taste. Beet juice doesn't taste like blood. I'm sorry, but I don't know what blood tastes like. But anyway, but beet juice doesn't taste like blood. So it's just, a, I mean, the color maybe, but it's not like blood. It's not going to really give the flavor of blood. So therefore, it can't be real. There must be something else here. And then she does the same thing with impossible meat, which is a more, even more recent. They're, they're all in the last couple of years. This whole, the whole business in only the last five years. And the research and the production, everything in the last couple of years. And what about Impossible Meat? Well, Impossible Burger, what they're doing is they, they, they have a thing called heme. And the heme is a... Uh, the heme is actually what's in the blood, but they're getting the heme from plants. And they're producing it in a way that's sort of a flake blood. It's, it's called leg... Hem hemoglobin, that's the heme, leg hemoglobin. And, and, and this fake blood, which is in impossible, bur impossible Burgers, is supposed to be able to taste and feel and look and everything like blood. And she says, it can't be. How could heme, how could this be? And she makes a whole theory about how that can't really be. And therefore she says, it must be that there is real stuff here. And that's the kind of uh, theory that she built up. And the other part, of course, everybody, when they tell falsehoods, they tell a little truth. So she stuck in here a little bit of something that is true, is that these are not necessarily what you'd call regularly plant-based completely. And, and some of them are GMO, which means they've been genetically modified so uh, that's like a no-no today.
So if you, because who knows what's going to happen to us if we eat a lot of genetically modified foods. So therefore, she theorizes that it really is not, it's not really acceptable for for uh, for for for, uh, for anybody who's vegan or vegetarian, and she feels there's this real blood in here, and she even has a theory about something which comes from a human being and that's used in one particular ingredient, and and that she feels that that is here too. It's and even though it says it's plant based, she thinks that that's what you call AGK. 293 cells that come from a kidney and then she has this idea that these uh, places that make these foods are very near to certain planned parenthood uh, facilities and therefore maybe they have access to and they use it to make this 293 and she claims it must be in there and she got this whole thing and she got this guy all excited, and he believes it. He believes that, you know, now the genetic engineering that they're doing, that's genetic engineering. It's not, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of foods that we eat are genetically engineered. It's not the best system in the world. But to say that they're doing this and they're doing that, it's really strange. So let me just repeat one more time, because I said I would say it a few times that I don't believe a word of what I'm saying, that this is absolutely off the wall, that somebody put together a theory that these two foods, beyond meat and impossible burger, are really not uh, having them real blood or something from a human that's in this, from the kidney of the human, which is in this number 293, is used as some kind of an ingredient in the product. She has no basis at all for any of what she said. There is zero basis. She shows you a diagram of how close they are to Planned Parenthood, and she did that in her whole theory about that. That's where they're getting these secret things that we're not supposed to know about. And she built this up and scared this guy out of his mind, and he's, he's really worried. And he really wanted me to get involved, and I tried to explain to him that I couldn't do that, that there's nothing that I could say is wrong. I believe I trust the, cool, the gosh organizations. They owe you and they're okay. We're eating everything from them all day long. You want to go be machmir and get a hamish but everything is being made by these people. And that we know that they're going down to plants. Why should we worry about it? Oh, but they don't really know, and sh- they're being fooled on the basis of what this woman? I, I'm not ready to buy into that. Today I came across something which I thought was very interesting. And that is, is that a competitor, now I'm not a theorist, and don't, don't say I said anything about this. I didn't say it. But I just came across this today. There's an open letter written by Dan Curtin, who is the president of Light Life Foods, which was originally called Tempa Foods, which it was, I don't know if you know about it, but it's been around for 30, 40 years. But the, uh, it's called now Light Life Foods, and they also make these uh, imitation burgers. And he put out a letter challenging Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. And here's what he said. I'm going to read you the letter. But again, don't say I said anything. <laughs> I, I didn't. I just, I just said I saw this today, and I just thought I would share it with you. Here is what he writes. I'm reading the whole thing. It's actually a paid advertisement. I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> it was in papers and things uh, not so long ago. And I'm reading it from the Wall Street Journal, August 25th, 2020, an ad from Light Life Foods. An open letter to Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. Enough! Enough with the hyper-processed ingredients, GMOs, unnecessary additives and fillers, and fake blood. While we want the same things, a greener planet and a more sustainable food system, at Light Life, we've chosen a very different way to get there. We're making a clean break from both of you food tech companies that attempt to mimic meat at any cost. We are and always have been a real food company, one that is committed to using simple ingredients and methods 
to make clean and delicious plant-based food. People deserve plant-based protein that is developed in a kitchen, not a lab. Our burger has only 11 ingredients. That's it. Not 18 or 20. Our ingredients are clean, recognizable, and simple to pronounce. There are no fillers, GMOs, or additives like synthetically produced soy leg hemoglobin for flavor and color. These just aren't necessary. We're making a clean break because the real future of protein is cleaner, tastier, and nutritionally superior. We're going beyond, and it isn't impossible. In fact, we're already, already on the way. Dan Curtin, President, Life, Life Foods. A great ad. He used the word clean, and he gave this and that, and he made it, he made it sound like there's some kind of fake things. In reality, his 11 ingredients is many, many more ingredients because he uses a, a general, uh, you know, he, he lumps a lot of things together. It could be he has less ingredients than they do, but that all his ingredients are clean and there's nothing, you know, maybe there's no GMOs, but there's plenty of other stuff in there. And it, it's, you know, it's true, you know, it, it has sugar, and you know, everyone, it's easy word to pronounce, we're used to it, sugar, and other things. It's not like he's got some super product but he's, he's in tough competition because these two are taking away the business. Impossible Foods is a, a super hit, and Beyond Meat is also a big hit, and Light Life Foods is losing the business. And that's why Wall Street Journal, an open letter to Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. As I told you, I'm not a theorist, but I thought it was very interesting. That video... This ad. Again, I didn't say it, and you don't have to believe it, and I don't even know if there's any connection. But I just thought it was very, very interesting. So let me take you a little back into this uh, area here, because in August of 2020, the same time that that ad came out, there was a, an interesting discussion in Forbes about... Light Life uh, challenging Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat to, to make a more clean plant-based food. Seems that it, you know somebody wrote up an article based on it. And uh, what was what was interesting is that in this, aside from this article, which uh, you know challenges them directly, it's it's the um, it, it's the question of where is all this going. Where are we going in terms of our food? Not talking today about uh, fake meat where, where they take a, they produce meat in a lab. Here we're talking about absolutely non-meat and we, 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 it tastes or looks like meat. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. In any event, he challenged and uh, the, 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 the people in Forbes picked it up. Uh, there was a taste test. The taste test was done. I have the information here if I can find it quickly. The, the taste test was done by uh, um, food and wine. They had a taste test between Morningstar Farms, which is an old company, Light Life Foods, which is the one we're talking about, and the other two, the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Meat. And what was interesting was Morningstar Farms and Light Life came out as far as taste, that it's a nice taste, but it doesn't taste like meat. So it seems that, food and wine at least, it came out that, yes, uh, we don't know everything about these two companies that's just started up, but we do know one thing. They got a better tasting product. It tastes like meat. That's what people want. They want the taste of meat. They don't just want something crunchy and nice. They want something that tastes like meat. They all remember meat. And they, don't, they want something that tastes like meat and makes them feel they ate meat, even if they know they didn't. So uh, obviously these two are very successful. Now, you, if you ask me, again, I told you I didn't believe the stuff we were saying before. If you ask me, there is no question that this heme thing and the, and, and, and the beet juice work. 
Now, why didn't they do beet juice before? They probably did. They probably tried it. Or they didn't feel it was necessary to, to replicate the taste of blood. They wanted to replicate the taste of the fats and the protein, the fats. And that's what they were trying to do, and they did that. But, when the, but they think the Chiddush of these two uh, uh, companies is that they were concentrating on the taste of the blood because they felt that's what people really enjoyed was the, the sensation, not so much of blood, but the, of that juice that comes out from the meat that tastes very rich, etc. That was what they were trying to get. So did they really capture something that's similar? I don't know. I don't have a plan to eat these things. I have no interest in them at all. But, the, but the, the concept is very exciting. That yes, you could come along and make something taste like something else. And yes, they took plain things. The heme was a big chiddush. No one even understood how they got to that. That was like a phenomenal chiddush that they figured out that the heme is the main part of the blood. That, that, that's, a, that's a whole thing in itself. How they grow the heme, they have to, they have to, they're, they're, making, they're making products in growing it, but they're doing it, taking it from, from one thing and then they're putting it into another thing, like growing that, and that's, uh, th- that's a food that doesn't exist. They made new foods, which is questionable in terms of halacha that you're creating and things that Hashem didn't create. But all of us are eating things like that all the time. There's a shayla whether you can make a bracha of, uh, of a shechianu on a fruit that has been grafted from a tree that was grafted. But if something originally came from grafting, and we're now like 10 generations later, that's all of us eating that. If you look at every, almost every single food in your refrigerator, or at least most of the fruits, if you ever had a tangelo, you had, you had, a, you had a tangerine, you had this, most of the foods that we're eating today are very, very dramatically changed. When I was a kid growing up, we used to have, um, they, they, they would give us a, a grapefruit, and the grapefruit, there was a little knife you had, was very sharp, the edges, very thin, and you used it to, to carve out, you cut the, uh, the grapefruit in half, and you carved out each little section. There's about 15 sections around uh, in the circle, and they, you just cut it out with the meat of the, uh, the grapefruit, and you put sugar all over the grapefruit, and then you stuck a, a spoon in and pulled out some of that meat or whatever you want to call it, and they, they actually ate the fruit with the sugar on it. And the reason we did that is because not just we loved sugar, which we probably did, it's because you couldn't eat it the other way. It was so tart. And today, it tastes like an orange because they, they've modified it. Somehow they were able to grow it that it should taste like it soft taste like an orange. It doesn't grab you with its the acidy taste and make it difficult to 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 eat. That you have to put sugar on it because they've changed it, they've modified it. The foods we eat are all modified. It's not the natural way that they grew, and it was however they did it, whether it's halachic or not halachic. But we're not the goyim. That's there what they did. We could eat the product, but here you're talking about uh, so the, the, the foods that they, that they made this thing and they, now they made this heme in. We can eat the product that came from that, the, not the one they made that day, but the one that grew from that, that grew from that, that grew from that. We certainly can use it after a while. So that takes care of that question. So bottom line, if they have a, a, if they have an impossible burger, and it has this heme, which came from a plant-based heme, and that tastes like blood, it's kosher. And you don't have to assume that anything but cheated, because it's probably it's, it, every everybody who if this is what the company is claiming, you could be sure that when the OU goes down there, they want to see how it's grown and they want to be able to spot check, and they want to come on a regular basis, and there is no secret agenda here. They were not fooled. I'm guaranteeing you that what this woman says has no basis in fact whatsoever. Could it? Could you fool the rabbis? They do fool the rabbis. The rabbis have been fooled many times. We have Trafin coming out of a kosher facility. 
Definitely rabbis have been fooled. But something like this, which is their main claim, I'm sure was researched very well. And, I'm, and I feel confident the cautious organizations are capable of monitoring the actual ingredients in a plant of this size. I have no question at all that this was absolutely fake. What they said about these two companies, there's nothing wrong with the two ashkachas, and there's nothing wrong with the, with the products, and if you like those kind of products. That's my, th- that's my theory. But it was very, very interesting just watching this thing develop, and this man refused completely that, uh, to, to listen to me. Uh, he felt that, that I was completely wrong, that I should have gotten involved, and uh, especially when we're talking about the possibility of something trafe in there from human cells, these 293 cells, and the, uh, the, prob- the possibility that this, the, G- the heme and the, uh, uh, and, and, and the uh, beet juice is really a cover-up and there's real blood in there, and things are coming from human beings from these uh, planted, plant parenthood uh, facilities, and uh, and they're sneaking it in, and they're developing it, and, and they're making the product, in, the ingredients in the plant under everybody's nose. Uh, it it's beyond belief. Forget about beyond meat. It's beyond belief. And there are theories, theorists like this, that are doing this kind of work. So in the end, I tried to explain to him. I said, you know. He wanted to go and publicize it on the internet and make a big splash. And I told him, I probably should have explained to him that maybe his theory, maybe his interest in this level was because of wanting to be out there in public. But I, I thought maybe he is L'Shem Shemayim in his understanding of, how, of what's going on here. And I told him that uh, if he does it, there's a chance. I said there's a one percent chance that that nobody cheated here. The one percent chance that Janet made a mistake. There's a one percent chance that the cautious organizations actually know what goes into the products that they certify. And there's one percent chance that you're going to make a big chil Hashem by going over the whole world and making and saying that the cashless agencies are, are fooled and there's and they real blood here and all this other stuff. I thought it's just a one percent chance, so you should avoid it. So so far he has avoided, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that that continues that way. That's the end of story number one, and uh, the other story has really not started yet, and I'm just going to tell you the beginnings of it because I don't want to go down that road and share with you any details. But I do know some of the details. Okay. We all know, now this, because of the hour of this show, I cannot mention certain things on the air. And uh, I don't know if I would mention it even if it was late night show, but I'm certainly not going to mention an early night show. We all know that in the world today, there is a lot of... Uh, Aggressive work done for what we call alternate lifestyles, marriages of alternate lifestyles. That's enough as far as we're going to go to explain what we're talking about. But this is becoming very, very big today. There's an effort to get it into the school system. There's going to be probably a challenge to the yeshiva system in New York and possibly afterwards in New Jersey to the uh, fact that the yeshivas do not teach about alternate lifestyle marriages and families. And uh, so we're, you know, we're, we're skirting a very, very dangerous issue. Uh, and that's where, that's where we're at today. You know, years ago we could have done something. Now it's, it's a little far gone, and I don't know how far we're going to get. I just remember... I, I mentioned it before, but I, I think it's worth mentioning again. The Star K had a challenge that they were asked that their their caterer, a caterer that they certify, was asked to do a wedding of an alternate lifestyle wedding. And uh, the caterer was caught because the law is on the side of the people getting married. 
uh, married. I shouldn't say married. Okay, well, in, in the law, laws in the uh, uh, on the on the side of those who want to uh, have the uh, catered affair, and uh, the cashless agency uh, has responsibilities vis-a-vis their caterer. Like if I sent the caterer any places that I'm not, he's not allowed to go, uh, without supervision. If you believe it's not a religious person, he may come back with equipment that was uh, not even his. It could be trafe. It happens very often at catered affairs. They come back with equipment that's not theirs, and they use it. And sometimes they uh, they they uh, take it to a non-kosher uh, uh, setting, and it's compromised. Their own equipment is compromised. So to send them out to do the the affair without having supervision would be very detrimental to the kashrus of this particular caterer. But how does it look that the Star K certifies a uh, an a, 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 a alternate lifestyle? Uh, People uh, uh, saying there is a marriage, uh, whatever. So what did they do? They decided we have to give be there, but we can't let it be a star K affair. So they were forbidden to use the word star K. And they sent down a mashkiach, and he was dressed in a disguise so that no one should know that he was the mashkiach. Well, I've seen some mashkiach in disguise. <laughs> you would never figure they're mashkiach. In any event, that's the story here. That was how it was told to me, that they, he wore a disguise that no one should know he was the mashkiach. Okay, that's one story. So now, now uh, when, it comes to, uh, when it comes to this uh, issue, uh, of this particular uh, issue we're talking about, we're talking now about products, that say on them, that say on them that uh, indications that the company is pro alternate lifestyle living. There's colors of the rainbow. There's words like rainbow over there, and that is and the hashkacha is printed on the label, which means in a sense. The Ashkacha, at least, is seemingly in agreement with this particular philosophy. They're seemingly in agreement with the philosophy of alternate lifestyle marriages. That's, the, that's, that's sort of the, the issue that we're talking about. So, I don't know, I looked at it, you know, and you know, some, some of the products that he, he sent me, uh, a lot of links and a lot of pictures, and uh, this a different person, I don't know if I had I even tell you who it is or whatever, somebody came to me who I know very well, and he presented this problem to me, he said that he feels that the conscious agencies are being used by these companies in, in a way that's inappropriate, and that it doesn't reflect properly on us as a Jewish people, when we know that Hashem is so opposed to this idea of alternate lifestyle marriages, and that here we, uh, the, the, the Kashrus agency's name appears in a way that seems to be a, an agreement with the company's policy. And the company not wanting to be and get in trouble, and they want to be able to get a following. So to be up to date, so the company is portraying an image that they are pro alternate lifestyle. Whether they personally are or not personally are, it's good business. That's the position that they've taken. So many, many companies have these products that have rainbow colors on it and sometimes say the word rainbow. And they go beyond that. On the websites, they go way beyond it. They're promoting this very, very openly. And the Kashrus Agency's name is clearly observable nearby. And the question is, is this too far already? Do cautious agencies have to stop? So I'm going back, <laughs> I go back a few, a few decades in cautious, and when we first started, the topic was mixed dancing and mixed swimming. If you, if you allowed mixed dancing or mixed swimming, then the question is, could you give a hashkocha 
on a hotel that has mixed swimming and mixed dancing? Can you give hashkocha uh, on a on an affair, uh, wedding, bar mitzvah, whatever it is, bat mitzvah, and that was going to have mixed dancing? And this is a discussion that never ever stopped, never ever stopped. And there's some people hold this way, some people hold that way. In Israel, they were very strict about it, but in America. They weren't as strict, but yet they were at a certain point, the, the major cautious agencies really towed the line. They really said, we won't do it. And there's a, I'm, there's a place in Brooklyn, and they're going to give you the details. It's from owner. It's, uh, you know, near, it's an, I, I could say it's in Flappish. It's in Flappish. And it's, uh, it's a new from owner. But his clientele has a lot of mixed dancing. So he had a problem. He wants a good salad, but he's got to have the mixed dancing because that's what his clientele wants. So what he did is he got a national hashgacha, a big hashgacha, a very responsible hashgacha for his general programs. And when they have the mixed dancing programs, they don't put that name on. They put the name of a smaller rabbi whom I know, a very responsible Jew with Talmud Chacham, no question about it, responsible in terms of his, the kashras, his work on the kashras is excellent, and he supervises and certifies for when they're having a mixed dance. And Itaka went to a leader in the community, and he discussed it with him, do I have the right to give the Hashgacha here, in a sense I'm promoting the mixed dancing, and you know, I don't think, I don't know if we should be doing this. It was very honest of him, especially as he's probably getting paid for it. And the, he went to this big rabbi. And the big rabbi, who I know very well, the big rabbi, who I would respect, I would ask himself myself, the rabbi told him, the community is not ready yet to give up mixed dancing. How many years ago was this? I don't know if it was 10. The community, and this is Flatbush, in the community is not ready to give up the mixed dancing. So that's an old question, and that's how some people resolved it. But now we're talking about a different product entirely. Yes, you can avoid the mixed dancing and the, and the mixed uh, swimming, and you could just uh, legislate it, etc. But these are, products, these are packaged products. These are going to go out with a, a name on them, that shows that they're, uh, you know, that they're this particular hashkocha, and uh, it's going to say rainbow, and sometimes it's going to say more than rainbow, and I don't know exactly what things it's going to say, but as time goes on, it will get more dramatic. And the websites are filled with, inf- with, 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 uh, pr- with uh, uh, pro-alternate lifestyle living. And it's, uh, you can't imagine how much stuff there. I was sent all this, and I was just really overwhelmed. And I realized that this is a big challenge. Now, I've had a lot of, over the years, I've had a lot of these things. I've had where, uh, we had it mentioned on the show here once, where there was a question of Voda Zora, uh, actual Voda Zora next to the Hashkocha's name. A uh, sign of a Vodazara, and this is this a Vodazara, not a Vodazara, was a, the, the Kashvah's agency, it's not, it's not really a Vodazara, it, but it, it, you know, it's this, it's that. We can dance around these topics always. It is hard for us as an Orthodox community to challenge the way the world is going. We're not going to be able to uh, tell the Hashkochas that you can't put your name on anything except with, uh, that, that, that everything is perfect. But there's got to be limits. Um, I, I called up a cashless agency and I told them that your name is on the product and there's a recipe for a tray for food. You know, how to use this product together with tray for food. They said, we're taking it off immediately. And it was taken away. And, and uh, another time this, another time that. There are challenges to the, to, to the Hashgacha's name appearing on a product in which they're, they're not observing in some way our lifestyle. 
how far where I cannot draw the line for the world. I'm not going to decide. The consciousness has to deal with it themselves, make a decision how far we're going to let these companies do what they want, and at what point we're going to say, if you, our name is on it, on the packages that have our name, it must not say X, Y, or Z. Eventually, that's going to have to happen. Because as this thing with the alternate lifestyle goes on, there's going to be a point. Just as we started, you can't have my name on him. You can't have my name uh, associated with something that is absolutely foreign to, uh, the, to our lifestyle. If we can't allow mixed dancing and mixed swimming, we can't allow alternate lifestyles to be promoted on the back of the Kashrus agencies. How, where to draw the line, I'm not deciding. But our challenge is really there. And that was the, the, the gentleman who came to me. He wanted me to help him to contact the conscious agencies and ask them to uh, draw the line at this point now. And uh, so, something's going to happen in the future, whether it's going to be the way I would like it or the way he would like it, I don't know. But unfortunately, we're going to get pushed so far that the conscious agencies will have to speak up and say, Ad Khan and no more. This is as far as we're going at this. And it's a challenge because uh, the products are very varied. The company is not slowing down. It's going to be doing this kind of work constantly. And we have to hope and pray that it doesn't get out of hand completely. These are just some of the uh, issues that came up in this past week. I thought they were very, very, very interesting. And it's very interesting to study them, the two of them together, which I mentioned about the, you know, the, uh, the burgers and, and, and this question about the, uh, using the Kashmir agency's name and promoting an alternate lifestyle. Whereas one, the, the challenge was a theory based upon nothing. And, but maybe, is there possibly something? I don't know. can't tell you. But I don't, I, I, my money is with the cautious agencies. And the other one was saying is maybe the cautious agencies have to decide that we can't allow our name to be used on something that doesn't reflect what an Orthodox Jew believes in. It's a very, very fine line, but it's going to be drawn somewhere in the near future by different cautious organizations. What's going to happen when they want to promote? Euthanasia, when they want to promote Planned Parenthood, when they want to promote something that's totally the cremation. If these things, which are very popular today, and, uh, and when they're going to promote marijuana use, at what point will the conscious agency say, Ad Khan, no more, take my name off. I know I'm losing a few dollars, but I can't afford it. I can't live this way. There's going to come a time we're getting close to it. I don't know exactly where the line will be drawn, but I'm sure in the next few years you're going to see that line drawn very, very carefully. But the whole ACO, and it will be say, this is as far as you can go. You can't be a member of ACO if your name appears on a product that has X, Y, or Z. I thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Cautious Magazine. You can reach us at 732-534-9363 or 718-336-8544 or kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. And uh, till next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, wishing you a wonderful week.